All I'm going to say is if your team ain't 8-0, just go ahead and move on. What is going on, Noel fans? This is the Noel It All podcast. I am still Kyle Wright and fired up about these Florida State Seminoles defeating the Wake Forest Demon Deacons yesterday, 41-16, to up there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Proud of the Noles, building off of the success from the week before. And looking ahead to next week, the Seminoles can clinch a spot in the ACC championship game with a win at Pittsburgh. Obviously, we'll talk about that Pittsburgh game coming up here in just a little bit. But before we get started on anything else, just want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button, share this podcast out, tell your friends, leave a five-star review. Um, having a great time doing this so far. and just makes it a little bit better that the Seminoles are 8-0. Uh, makes it just a little bit more enjoyable to be able to do this podcast. I haven't had to come on here after a loss yet, and hopefully, hopefully, I won't have to this season. Um, you know, Florida State continues to do Florida State things. They look really good this year. Uh, you know, they have had some moments, you know, and it seems like here's the best thing. It's the best thing and the worst thing, right? It's, it's a catch-22 for Florida State right now because – in the best way and in the worst way, Florida State has yet to play four quarters of football in a like of Florida State caliber football in a game this season. We know the talent, offensively and defensively. It's I just want to point that out that Florida State has yet to play a full four quarters of Florida State caliber football to this point. Now, I hope that at some point they will because at some point they're going to have to. Uh, you know, you look down the stretch here, you, you got at Pittsburgh, who who we're obviously, like I said, we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But Pittsburgh's sole purpose every year, it seems, and they did it to Louisville already this year, is to just absolutely screw up somebody's season. They've done it to Clemson. They've, done, they've just did it to Louisville. And, and you know, that now they're a little fired up on what their coach said after the game. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping they don't try to make an example out of us. But you got Pittsburgh. You come back home for Miami, which, you know, is I don't think Miami is looking like a threat right now. But in a rivalry game, we just went into their house last year and dismantled them 45-3. to uh, You know Tyler Van Dyke's going to be fired up for that game. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Fuck Miami, though. Um, and then you look from there, you got North Alabama, uh, whatever. And then at Florida. At Florida is the scariest game left on this schedule, and it should be for anybody. Anybody looking at this should look at it and say, at Florida is the scariest game left on the schedule. 100%. 100%. Whew. A lot to look forward to, guys. But let's go one game at a time here. Let's focus on what we did last night because that's the point of this podcast. Florida State defeats Wake Forest 41-16. to Go through the scoring recap real quick. Florida State would open the game 
on a nine-play, 75-yard drive, a Jordan Travis 13-yard touchdown run would cap that drive off. Good to see Jordan Travis get his legs involved very early in this game. And I uh, want to talk about that for just a second. This may have been the Heisman game for Jordan Travis. This may have been the one. He needed a statistical, a statistical domination, and he finally got it. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald would then kick a 46-yard field goal for Florida State to put the get put to put the Knolls up 10 to nothing. Uh, then Wake Forest would answer on a seven-play, 75-yard drive. Keyshawn Williams would cap that off with a two-yard run, 10-7 Florida State at this point. A three-play, 57-yard drive would be capped off by a Keon Coleman 29-yard touchdown pass to put Florida State up 17-7. Florida State would then go up 24-7 on a Trey Benson 80-yard touchdown pass from Jordan Travis. More on Trey Benson here in just a little bit. And then, of course, Florida State would go up 31-7 on a Keon Coleman 14-yard touchdown catch. And that pass came from, of course, Jordan Travis. This was Jordan Travis's fourth touchdown of the game, fourth touchdown of the first half. Ryan Fitzgerald would end the first half with a 34-yard field goal, putting the Knolls up 34-7 going into the half. Wake Forest would uh, dominate the third quarter, and this is the kind of thing I was talking about there in the uh, opening segment. Excuse me. Wake Forest kind of dominated the third quarter. This was this was a bad quarter for Florida State, and this is this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. And I know the game's kind of out of hand at this point. Maybe they got they took their foot off the gas. You can't take your foot off the gas, especially not in ACC play, and especially not with so many good teams on the outside looking in of the college football playoff. Florida State needs to be dominating opponents, and they still did dominate this game. I mean, there was never a point where anybody thought Wake Forest was going to come back and win. But the committee wants to see you win games the way you're supposed to. So I would like to see that third quarter just be a little bit better anyway uh third quarter all wake forest matthew dennis 24 yard field goal to bring the to bring the score to 34 10 in fsu's favor and then they take carney two yard touchdown run they would go for two and not get it a 34 to 16 game at that point uh, and Trey Benson would end the game early on in the fourth quarter with an 18-yard touchdown run on a 10-play, 75-yard drive. 41-16 to would be the score at that point, and that would be the final. Um, you know, I don't want to harp too much on that. I, I, I don't obviously, like I said, the score was out of hand at that point, so you can't be too mad about Florida State taking their foot off the gas there. But I just want to see what this team looks like on a full four-quarter game. Maybe we'll get it against Miami. Hopefully, we'll get it at Pitt. I, I'm hoping that Pitt doesn't come out too fired up, but we'll see. So let's go into the stat recap. Uh, Jordan Travis, 22-35, 359 yards passing, three touchdowns. He would add seven carries for 29 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. Hey, shout-out to the Tater Maker. Uh, one for one, 23 yards there passing. I, I love seeing Tate get to come in for some of these games, and that's another reason Florida State needs to dominate the way they should. I, I want to see more Tate Rotomaker because you never know, man. The way Jordan Travis plays sometimes, you might need him going down the, or going down the line. Um, back to rushing here. Trey Benson, 10 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Keziah Holmes would add four for 19. Rodney Hill, five for 11. Uh, still, I feel like struggling to find some running lanes, but it did definitely look a lot better. Uh, Trey Benson was the lead receiver. Four catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Keon Coleman, seven catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Jaheim Bell would add four for 51. And Kyle Morlock, two for 45. Just want to say for Kyle Morlock, had the biggest catch of the game. 
uh, setting up a big-time touchdown to Keon Coleman. But it was a uh, downfield. It was good to see guys like Jaheim Bell, Kyle Morlock, Jackie Douglas. And, uh, you know, Kentron Portier dropped one in his chest, but he still had a really good catch that got called back on a holding call. And it was the right call on that hold, by the way. Everyone was upset about it, but it was the right call. Uh, lead tacklers for the Knowles, Tatum Bethune with nine, Kalen Deloach with eight, uh, Byron Turner coming in there with six, and the sack leaders, uh, we had five sacks on the game. Good to see the Knowles wrecking the backfield. Uh, half a sack apiece goes to Tatum Bethune and Patrick Payton. Two sacks for Jared Verse to go along with two tackles for loss, and a sack apiece for Kalen Deloach and Byron Turner Jr., uh, three pass deflections by Renardo Green. No turnovers for the Knowles, which broke a pretty good streak, but PDs for Fentrell Cypress, Josh Farmer, and Greedy Vance as well. So great, great, great execution there. Ryan Fitzgerald missed his first field goal of the season, and I feel like I have to, uh, I have to publicly apologize to Ryan Fitzgerald for just a second because that was 100% my fault. Because I'm in my group chat talking to my boys, and I'm like, man... Ryan Fitzgerald was like one of the worst kickers in the nation last year, and this year he's looking like he wants to win the Lou Groza. And then he comes out and shanks like a 29-yarder. I'm so sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry, Fitz. Damn it. I did this. I did this. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's get into the what went right for the Florida State Seminoles. And uh, obviously, a lot did. In this game, a lot did go right, but I really want to highlight Trey Benson right here. It's starting, you know, 10 for 55, four for uh, 10 for 55 and a touchdown on the ground, four for 100 and a touchdown through the air. And man, it's starting to look like Trey Benson's getting hungry again. He didn't start this game at running back, by the way. Rodney Hill started the game. And Trey Benson came off the bench, and it's starting to look like Trey Benson's getting hungry again, and I love that. I love that he's a dual-threat running back, and he's finally showing it. He had a really rough game a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, man, who was that? Was that Syracuse that he dropped a couple passes against? I, I just I knew that wasn't Trey, and once he gets the ball in his hands, he is just so dangerous, man. If he can get past that first line, because I think his acceleration has definitely taken a hit. I don't know if he's uh, gained too much muscle mass or what, but he definitely looks slower coming out of the backfield. But once he hits open field, man, he is lightning fast. And I love seeing Trey Benson succeed. He, he uh, you know, obviously he's a transfer, but he is the heart of this team. And I, I'll go to my deathbed saying that Trey Benson is the heart of this team because it was when he announced he was coming back is when all the dominoes started to fall. So good, good shit, Trey. I, I love seeing Trey Benson do well. Uh, we need that, honestly. We're going to need that because uh, in order for, we, we talked about it last week, right? In order for the running game to get going, Jordan Travis's legs have to be a threat. But in order for Jordan Travis's legs to be a threat, Trey Benson has to be a threat as well. So it, it's going to be very important going down the stretch. We've got, uh, you know, four games left here in the regular season. And uh, we are going to go bowling. Hopefully, you know, we're going to make the ACC championship game. Hopefully, we're going to make it to the college football playoff. So there could be every bit of six games left, six or seven games left, really. Because So the season might just now be halfway over. But we're, we're not going to look too far ahead. One game at a time is the motto here on the Nola Doll podcast. And uh, just for now, good to see Trey getting back involved. Now let's talk about what, the, what, the, uh, what went wrong here. And I, I don't think this is... You know, obviously it's hard to go out and find things that really went wrong in a game like that. But 
I think it has to be addressed that the penalty numbers have got to drop. Now, obviously, you know, we could do, we could blame the refs until we're blue in the face. There had, you know, there were some questionable calls in this game, but I still, I still need the penalty numbers to drop. Nine penalties for 115 yards yesterday. And, you know, I called it a little taggartish. There were some moments where they were like, what, what are you guys doing? What, like, what are you doing, man? And, uh, you know, shout out to Mike Norvell for he, he'll pull those guys off the field for a play or two, whereas uh, the the former tenured coach here would, would just kind of just let it happen while he stood with his hands on his hips, not knowing what the fuck was going on. But shout out to Mike Norvell for disciplining his players. And I, I expect that number to come down. I know it will. But, uh, you know. That's that's if I'm if I'm really going out, I, I try to do a what went right, a what went wrong every week, and I, I'm gonna try to find one. And this was the one this week. It, I want that penalty number to come down just a little bit because that you know 115 yards of penalties, whether you blame the refs or not, that's pretty tough. All right, so let's go into some top 25 scores around the league. Number one, Georgia defeated our arch rival Florida Gators 43 to 20. Man, poor Florida, man. I really, I, I hate Miami. I can't fucking stand Miami. And obviously, I don't like uh, Florida either. But I, I do want to see Florida succeed. I think that that Florida-Florida State game at the end of the season is just so much better if both teams are good. And I, I you know, obviously, it's I want it to be that Ohio State-Michigan now. Because Ohio State-Michigan, everybody's looking forward to the end of the season because you know those two teams are going to be highly ranked. You know they're going to be really good. I want Florida State-Florida to get that same love every year. So, you know, we would like to see Florida kind of turn it around a little bit. Uh, number three, Ohio State squeaks out a win over Wisconsin, 24-10. to Obviously, we talked about number four, Florida State, 41-16 over Wake. Number five, Washington uh, with another kind of scary win over Stanford, 42-33. to uh, Kansas upsets number six, Oklahoma, 38-33. to Number seven, Texas gets a win over BYU, 35-6. to Number eight, Oregon dismantles number 13, Utah, 35-6. to Number 10, Penn State with a close win over Indiana, 33-24. to Arizona def- uh, upsets number 11, Oregon State, 27-24. Number 12, Ole Miss over Vandy, 33-7. Number 14, Notre Dame dismantles next week's opponent, Pittsburgh, 58-7. North Car- Number 17, North Carolina loses again, this time on the road at Georgia Tech, 46-42. Number 18, Louisville defeats number 20, Duke, 23 to nothing. Number 19, Air Force with a road win over Colorado State, 30-13. to uh, Pretty funny in this game, Colorado State got penalized because their fans were throwing snowballs at the Air Force players, which, you know, I absolutely love that. I was in the Army, so seeing Air Force complain about anything like that is... uh. It's funny to me. A little bit of trash talk going down the uh, going down the line between the battle of the branches. Number twenty one Tennessee with a road win at Kentucky, thirty three to twenty seven. Number twenty two Tulane with a road win at Rice, thirty to twenty eight. Number twenty three UCLA defeats Colorado, twenty eight to sixteen. Colorado now sitting at four and four after that three and zero start. Number 24, USC defeats Cal on the road, but not by much, 50-49. to 49. You know, I don't know what it is about Lincoln Riley, man. Might be the greatest offensive mind in college football, but his inability to put together 
a defense a defensive staff is embarrassing. And I'm not even a USC fan. I could care less, but it's got to be embarrassing for USC fans, man. That uh, Man, they just played no defense. And number 25, James Madison defeats Old Dominion 30-27. to Shout out to James Madison, their second year in FBS. They're not even bowl eligible, but they're sitting at 8 and oh. Let them play, man. Let them go to a bowl game. Good shit, JMU. Let's go to some ACC scores. Virginia Tech over Syracuse, 38-10. Syracuse, after a 4-0 start, is now 4-4. in the ACC. It kind of looks just like last year where they started 6-0 and ended the season 6-6. So that sucks for Syracuse, man. Um... I already talked about the ranked matchups. Boston College beats UConn at home 21-14. NC State beats Clemson 24-17. Man, Clemson just looks rough on the road this season. and Hopefully they're a little bit better at home. We need them to win at home so it looks better for us. And the shitbirds down there in Coral Gables defeat Virginia in overtime 29-26. Miami is 6-2 on the season, and I hope that they keep winning because I want them to choose Tallahassee for that college game day matchup here in just a couple of weeks. So that's going to do it for the top 25 and the ACC scores. I want to I want to look ahead to next week's matchup real quick and then I want to give out my uh top 10 going into the first college football playoff rankings. We play Pittsburgh next week. Pittsburgh just came off a dismantling 58-3 loss. And after the game, Pat Narduzzi came out and said, you know, we, we lost some good players. We thought we would uh, we did a good job on replacing them, but obviously we didn't. Pittsburgh players are all calling them out on Twitter right now. So there's a lot of, uh, lot of drama within that program. And I, I can't stand when Florida State catches these guys coming off of stuff like that because we got to go at Pitt. It's a 3.30 uh, Eastern time kickoff. It's a trap game, man. Like I said earlier, Pittsburgh is pretty much garbage almost every year, but they have one fucking goal every year, and it's to screw up somebody's season. I'm hoping that Louisville was that team this year and that they're done doing that. But, you know, I think that this game should scare FSU fans, man. I I, I don't, you know, obviously we are much, much more talented. I, I think if you line up all 22 starting positions, offense and defense, Florida State takes the advantage in 22 of them. But these trap games are real, man. These trap games are real. College football is like the one sport where the better team does not always win. So got to keep an eye. Got to keep an eye on this game this weekend. I'm not saying I'm worried. I'm just telling you that I have it circled, and I've had it circled all year long. The last time these two teams played was in 2020. Uh, It was Pat Narduzzi and Mike Norvell. It was a 41-17 dismantling. Pittsburgh came into Tallahassee and beat us down. Mike Norvell's first season as the head coach there, the COVID year, so don't want to put too much on that. Uh, before that, the last time they had played was that 41-13 victory, the 2013 uh, season. And you all know how that season ended. We all remember that game going into Pitt. And uh, it was good. It was good, man. It, we, we we weren't sure what we had. Jameis came out. We were like, okay, we got a redshirt freshman quarterback starting. And we all know how that season ended uh, in a national championship. All right, so I'm going to give out my college football playoff top 10, and then we'll wrap this episode up. And I'll talk to you guys next week after the Pittsburgh game, hopefully after we advance to 9-0 on the season, but one game at a time. 
So my college football playoff top 10, and this is based on what we've seen so far this season. This doesn't necessarily reflect on what I think is going to happen. So I th- this would be if I was giving out my rankings on Tuesday when these rankings come out, this is what I would have. I would have Georgia at number one. I know that we don't look at previous seasons, but I, I firmly believe that you should in a way where this is a back-to-back national champion. They haven't lost since the SEC championship game a couple of years ago. I, I just I I don't think that you can knock Georgia from that number one spot. What did, what did Ric Flair say, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. Georgia is number one until somebody shows that they are not. And that only way is that's going to happen is if somebody knocks Georgia off. They have a tough remaining schedule, but they're well-rested because they haven't played a fucking team yet. And, you know, two of their tough games left are at home. So I, I don't – Georgia's going to be fine. They're probably going to go into the college football playoff ranked number one, and they should if they go undefeated. I've got our Knowles at number two. And obviously there's a little bit of bias behind this, but FSU has three wins against FBI top 25. You know, they, they, if you look at the time of the ranking, Florida State beat Duke when they were number 16. Uh, Florida State beat LSU when they were ranked number five. They dismantled LSU when they were ranked number five. And, you know, that went over Clemson. Clemson was still an FBI top 25, and that was still at Clemson. That has to be looked at because that's a place that Clemson, even at their worst, has only lost twice over the last, like, multiple seasons. So Florida State is ranked number two in my book that went over over LSU is still one of the best wins in college football. Now, I have Washington at number three. I really feel like you could flip-flop Washington and FSU. I just feel like FSU has been more impressive over the last couple of weeks. Washington has uh, they struggled last week. They struggled this week. They struggled offensively last week, and they struggled defensively this week. Uh, so I had to kind of put them right there below FSU. Uh, FSU did beat a ranked opponent last week. So Washington sitting at number three. I have Ohio State at number four, Michigan at number five. Another uh, situation where you could flip-flop these teams, and I know a lot of people are going to come at me because Michigan has a – there's a good chance Michigan's probably going to be number one or number – if they're not number one on Tuesday when these rankings come out, they're probably going to be number two. So I know people are going to come at me for having them number five. But they haven't played anybody. And I hate that argument, right? But they haven't. They've literally not played anybody at this point. There is not – not been a game where you can say, well, Michigan beat them. Michigan beat them. Michigan has been has their, their schedule's been dog shit to this point, and they've had some struggle wins in that dog shit stretch. So I don't want to hang too much on Michigan, and I wonder if they're going to punish Michigan for the idea of what's going on with these investigations. So we'll see. Um, I have Oregon at number six. I really think Oregon is the best one loss team in college football right now. Uh, this is a team that, if I'm looking at it, man, I wouldn't want to fucking play them. Like, there's a very short list of teams that I don't think Florida State could go toe to toe with. And uh, here's another reason I could get dragged, right? Because I'm that I'm that guy coming on here. Like, I don't want FSU to see this team. I don't want FSU to see Oregon. We know what happened last time. I just, uh, dude, Oregon is solid all around. Shout out to Dan Landing getting that team going. I've got Alabama sitting at number seven. Here we are, right? Alabama, every year, every time we think they're done, they just slowly start creeping their way back in, right? They lost that game to Texas, who I've got at number eight. They lost that game to Texas, 
and everybody kind of counted them out because then they went on they went on the road at USF the following week and shit the bed there too. They still got came out of there with a win, but they looked terrible. But ever since then, Alabama has looked like one of the best teams in college football, and they've got LSU coming to Tuscaloosa this next Saturday. That's going to be a game to watch, so can't wait for that one. Texas sitting at number eight, Oklahoma number nine, and I kind of went with a little bit of a stretch here and put Notre Dame at number 10. Uh, they came out of their bye, which was, you know, they much needed for them because they've had a brutal opening to the season. Notre Dame is sitting at no, number 10 for me. They That four-game stretch they played, they beat USC, and, uh, I mean, I've, I'm sitting here blanking. I don't have their schedule pulled up, but they had a brutal schedule where they had to go at Duke, at Louisville. They, they were home for Ohio State. That was it. They barely lost to Ohio State on the last play of the game. They should have beat Ohio State. And then they, you know, they barely lost – they got kind of beat up by Louisville. They beat Duke at Duke, and then they beat USC in South Bend pretty convincingly. I I like Notre Dame here. I think, you know, I, in a 12-team playoff, that's another team that I, I think Florida State could go toe-to-toe with Notre Dame, by the way. this is not I'm not counting them in that same breath as Oregon. But I, I, if I was another team in college football, I don't know if I want to play a well-rested Notre Dame is all I'm going to say. So... That's my uh, top 10. Just to go through it without uh, anything again, I just want to go back through it. Number one, Georgia. Two, Florida State. Three, Washington. Four, Ohio State. Five, Michigan. Six, Oregon. Seven, Alabama. Eight, Texas. Nine, Oklahoma. Ten, Notre Dame. So, going to be interesting to see where they put us. Uh, But, you know, like everybody says, just keep winning one game at a time. So, with that being said, I will talk to you guys next week on the Know It All podcast.